What's going on, guys and girls? It's your boy, Captain Smoke, man, and welcome to Higher Learning Episode 2. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time out of their day or night to watch, uh, you know, Higher Learning Episode 1 on YouTube or even listen on uh, all DSPs, whether it's Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, you name it. Uh, I, I just, you know, I really can't even put into words just what the support and all the, like, comments and feedback meant to me uh so if you're watching this or listening to it again i appreciate you um and also if you're a first time listener i highly suggest you go ahead and listen to episode one so you kind of just know the backstory of what we're getting into here on episode two um but uh before i go any further i do just want to mention um this morning or i should say this afternoon when i was recording initially or right before i was about to press record i actually got the news i got a text um about kobe um passing away and obviously i stopped everything and went to you know the news sources to see if it was true and obviously at that time it had just happened so information was flooding in and basically over the course of like an hour it came out that his daughter passed away as well which just i mean it was already a heartbreaking situation but it's just um you know that just obviously doubles it and uh it it really i went ahead and continued to record but i really just wanted to come back and redo the uh redo this episode just for the simple fact that um you know i felt like it was a lot to process in the moment and uh it really it really was kind of eerie just because of the topic that I was already planning on discussing. And, uh, you know, right before I hit record, this news pops up. So um, before I actually get into today's topic, I do want to go ahead and take a, um, you know, memorial bowl for uh, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, all the, you know, the pilots and the rest of the passengers on that helicopter, as well as all their families, because, you know, I know what it's what it's like to lose somebody but just for them to be in such a public eye and you know probably you know who knows how they got the news but it's just never going to be good so anyway i want to go ahead and pull out big bertha uh my helix bong and take a rip r.i.p kobe r.i.p uh to everybody that was on that helicopter course my lighter doesn't work sometimes you got to go old school So jumping right back into things, um, I actually plan to mention Kobe anyway in this uh, speech, which is why uh, it was so eerie and so, I don't know how to describe the feeling, but um, you know, I just kind of felt sick because like I said, I had already planned to mention Kobe obviously in a different way in this you know this episode and the way i was going to mention him and i i still am because it's still very important to what i want to say 
um, the best thing, in my opinion, that Kobe Bryant ever said, or my, I should like, I should put it like this: my favorite quote of Kobe Bryant's was in. I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he was explaining how he accomplished all these great feats. And his advice was just to break everything down into the smallest minute details or the smallest minute task and then completing those small, tiny tasks one by one and, and watching it, you know, combine into the, the overall huge task that looked, you know, impossible or daunting before. Um, and you know, that that's something that I've seen to be true just, you know, starting, for example, this podcast, um, you know, when you're listening to your favorite podcast and, you, you know, the Joe Button podcast of the world, you're thinking and you're thinking, hey, I want to do that, too. But in a different way, different subject matter, stuff like that, it seems like such a huge task to create, first of all, the content to um, and then format it in a way that people would enjoy watching or listening to and then getting that on the platforms like all of that seems like a very big task or it did before actually getting into it and you know just by using that that method and breaking you know the the procedure of starting a podcast down to the smallest detail here I am today and that's actually what I was going to say and I was going to you know kind of use that into basically use that and give it to you guys to apply to your everyday lives, you know, because we all have something we would want to do that we've been kind of putting off or, you know, maybe later. But basically what I wanted to come in here and say is the whole tragedy with my dad forced me to look at life differently to where I'm not looking at it like, you know, my peers who feel, oh, you know, I'll just work for 40 years, then I'll figure out what I, you know, figure it out from there you know that's kind of the plan is just you know you operate kind of like you have an unlimited time frame and basically the today's message was you know we need to take care control of our lives because we don't have an unlimited time span and that's been my perspective ever since pretty much um those events but this kobe situation obviously just puts a, a exclamation mark on that um, so basically, guys, if you don't take anything else for this ep from this episode, I just want you to know we really don't have enough time to, you know, sit around holding ourselves back in fear of what others may think of us or what they might say or how they might judge or perceive your situation. Like we don't have time for that. We really just have to go after what it is we want in this life because we don't know how much time we actually have. So. um you know, looking at Kobe for another for one more second here, um, if you remember when he retired, most people wanted him to go coach the Lakers or, or be a GM or something. They had him in such a box because of what he had already done up to that point. And I feel like that's where a lot of us, you know, kind of get caught up in life. Um, in a second, I'll tell you my story um, as far as after school and all of that kind of stuff, what happened with me. But um I feel like we can most of us can relate to that in some type of way. You know, you've been doing something for so long that people just assume you're happy and they're happy for you or whatnot. And they expect you to just continue that. And you might have something totally different on your mind or you just might not be happy with whatever the situation you're in is, whether that's a job or relationship or just anything, um, just your state of being, you know, the lifestyle you're living, whatever it is. Um, 
I just feel like that's something many people struggle with. And maybe if you're not struggling with it now, you you can understand it. From something you've went through in the past. Uh, so jumping right into my story, um, picking up where we left off pretty much at episode one, I went straight into high school, like I said, um, after the whole, event, you know, the whole unfolding of events with my dad or whatever. So have you guys ever been driving home from work and, you know, you just pull up in your driveway and then you just realized you're home, but you don't really recall driving home from work, you know, every, you know, everything becomes automatic, you know, you just kind of switch into autopilot and, you know, because it's something you do every day. I feel like I went through high school and college just kind of, and, you know, some time after that, just kind of like that on autopilot, just kind of existing, I guess you could say. Um, I was in a place where, you know, I did everything I thought I was supposed to do as far as, you know, uh, graduating high school, going to college, getting a, a job in my degree field and, and, you know, advancing up the corporate ladder or whatever. Um, that's just where I was at life. And I had did, did that at a young age. Um, and so that prompted people, like I said, to be, you know, proud of me or, or, you know, express their pride in what I was doing or whatever. And so that also made it hard to come to the realization that I really didn't enjoy what I was doing because, um, I'm that kind of person to where, you know, I dive really deep into things just from the jump just to see, you know, to see what they're really about, to see if I'm really, if this is something that, you know, is going to keep me, you know, keep a hold of me for a short time, or is it going to be something around for your entire life, you know? Um, but anyway, after about five or six years of working at the restaurant and everything, um, like I said, I was pretty much at the point where I knew this isn't what I wanted to do with my life from the standpoint of uh, I'm looking at my colleagues like so I've always been the type of person you know the analogy you know you pull your hand or you put your hand in the fire and pull it back when it gets hurt I was always the type of guy that like if I seen somebody else put their hand in the fire and get burnt like I don't need to I don't need to test the fire for myself like I'm good I get it um so that's always the kind of person I've been so when I'm looking at my colleagues who are you know 10 years older than me and you know with more experience in the place and higher up the ladder than I than I am at the time you know I'm looking at their lives and their mental states and Many of them are miserable and uh, stressed completely all the way out to the point where they're, uh, you know, yelling and screaming. Um, and and this is a and this is an open kitchen concept restaurant, guys, where, you know, the guests sitting out on the floor are looking into the kitchen. So, um, you know, I'm having my colleagues, my senior managers and stuff flipping out in front of guests, basically just due to the stress of the environment and not really having a way out. So I knew that I didn't want that for myself. Now, a lot of you may be in a similar position, you know, and maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. Um, you know, you've been at your job for five, six, maybe even 10 years at this point, And, um, it's just kind of, you're good at it and it's comfortable and you don't really know for sure what else it is you want to do. You just know that that's not what you want to do with the rest of your life. And, to, to what I was saying earlier, my perspective changed that night after my dad died because I'm looking at it like, OK, well, he was just standing here a second ago, you know, so 10 seconds later, he's dead. Right. And so I'm looking at that like. Not only is tomorrow not promised, but the next minute's not promised. So 
every minute I spend in this restaurant knowing it's not what I want to do and it's not getting me towards what I want to do. I feel like I'm taking a moment away from living in what I'm supposed to be living in, living the life I want, living the life I'm supposed to be living. So uh, basically, after struggling with that for um, a while longer and, uh, you know, other events unfolding, uh, my brother in California, actually not my real brother, but I call him my brother because he's like my best friend or was my best friend growing up. And uh, we were like brothers because, you know, every like every day I was out there, we were together. So um, and he him, my dad and I, we all hung out like so we were like brothers. We all went fishing together, played video games, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, he ended up getting killed one day and I got the news at work and I didn't really take it well. But um, like I said, I always kept that cool, calm and collected thing on. It was like a suit, you know, a suit you put on being cool, calm, and collected, you know, you kind of zip it up. And then once you leave there, you can kind of unzip it and take it off and be yourself at home or whatever. But, um, it was kind of hard to keep that up finding that news out because obviously this isn't going on where I'm at is going on in California. Uh, and so, um, obviously I didn't tell anybody what happened. Um, I just kind of was dealing with it there and, um, ended up basically kind of going off on, uh, some people in a manager meeting, not like in a disrespectful way, but basically they were just trying to tell me about problem, what they considered to be problems that we were having in the restaurant. So I kind of unloaded what my problems were and they involved people dying and being killed next to me and, you know, being shot in the head at gas stations and stuff like that. And, you know, you're talking to me about condiments and silverware. So uh, basically, that that's one of the things that expedited. I didn't get fired or anything. I don't want you to think that it wasn't that kind of explosion. But I just said what I wanted to say. I didn't say it in a disrespectful way. I just kind of politely let people know that. And um, I, I can't even remember if uh, they gave me the day off. I doubt it. But um, it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I feel like the universe uh, doesn't allow things to work out that aren't supposed to sometimes like you, something you want, like you could want a job to work out very well. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't. And it seems like it's not supposed to. And you don't really understand that or accept that until you figure out, you know, until you get to the next spot and figure out where you're supposed to be. And then things start to make more sense. Um, And basically. On that note, I want to fast forward a little bit because after leaving the restaurant, you know, I took some time off to try to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business for myself and that I would need money. So I ended up, you know, becoming a contractor and going to Iraq. Um, now, if you guys remember maybe a week ago, um, Iran bombed a few bases in Iraq. Well, in 2018, I was on one of those bases, Al-Assad. I was actually working uh, on the base on one of the bases that was hit with the uh, ballistic missiles from Iran. So that was another situation that I felt like the universe like wouldn't allow to work out for whatever reason. Like the craziest things were happening just like to not keep me there because it was an it was really an ideal situation. I loved what I was doing as far as warehouse managing. Um, and then at the end of my stay there, I was working with the Navy SEALs. So that was like an extra $50,000, not literally, but I'm just saying that was like an extra bonus 
for the job. You know, it wasn't cash, but it was just who can how many people that aren't Navy SEALs can say they worked alongside Navy SEALs every day. Like not a lot of people can say that. So I really like liked I really enjoyed what I was doing and I really felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself, which, would you know, is a good feeling or whatnot. But for whatever reason, it wouldn't work out. They wouldn't pay me uh, for my job title. I was hired on like on an entry level. And then like the day I got there, they promoted me to a cook. And then after that to warehouse, but the pay, <laughs> you know, they didn't promote my position with that. They just had me doing all these extra tasks and taking on this extra responsibility. I was like a warehouse lead. I had people under me and everything. And uh, they just kept kind of leading me on as far as when the promotion and back pay and all of that crap was coming. But of course, it never did. And uh, that whole situation, like I said, with the universe, um, as I was getting re- on a plane or as I was getting ready to head back to to the airport to get back on a plane to go back to Iraq. There was a problem with the whole visa. Um, there was a whole there was an issue with my entry visa going back there. So um, luckily, I checked my email at the last minute. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known that and possibly have gotten all the way to Baghdad uh And whatever visa I needed to actually get inside the country from Baghdad, uh, apparently it wouldn't have been valid. They wouldn't have accepted it or I don't know. I don't remember. I don't really remember. But it just made me it made me lose the last shred of confidence I had of working out there, especially when your life's on the life's on the line the way it is, um, you know, in the war zone. Um, So once again, that's why. uh, I felt like, okay, I really need to take control (laughs) of my life Um, because I'm getting all these signs and all these things aren't working out. So I need to actively seek out what it is that I need to be doing so it can work out. Um, So let's say you're in a similar position as I was and I'm still working through now because obviously I'm not in the like where I want to be in life right now. I'm you know, part of this podcast is you seeing that process unfold before your eyes as we build this platform together. Um, it's about where we want to go. And so that's really my advice or what a piece of my advice to somebody who says they want to take control of, you know, their lives. Because one of the things that I really didn't like um, or one, one of the things that really triggered me about my um, my job as a restaurant manager is uh, we used to have to plan our our schedule like our schedules were planned a month at a time. Right. So I remember uh, because my birthday's in August. So I remember my dad died in June. So we were planning this huge birthday party in August. And, um, you know, we were looking, you know, a month or two. We were looking like basically two months down the line. And, uh, you know, that's where the whole tomorrow is never promised. The next hour is not promised. The next minute is not promised. Um, so I always kind of thought about that as I was filling out my life for a month. Like, what if I don't even live to see this? Um, but yeah, so I'm not saying just abandon schedules or anything like that, but I do think the first step well, first of all, wait, before we before we dive deep into these steps, let's just get a couple things understood. Number one, this isn't some type of overnight process that I'm trying to tell you about. This is something that uh, is a lifetime process, honestly, uh, especially after dealing with trauma. You know, if you're one of the millions of people out there dealing with trauma that no one knows about, 
and you're just trying to function through everyday life, like you, you already know that it's a process just trying to make it through each and every day. So feeling better inside for real and not just what you're showing on the outside, that's never going to be easy. It's never going to be an overnight process. So basically what I'm proposing is we do it together. And these are some of the steps that I've been, you know, kind of working with throughout my life or since those times. Um, but the number one thing you need to realize besides that it won't be o an overnight process is also that it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. So imagine from the outside looking in how people like actually probably you watching this right now, you're probably one of these people, uh, you know, a family member, a loved one who's on the outside looking in, try, not knowing what's going on inside my head or whatever. But you probably were one of the people that was happy for me working at the manager, you know, at the re as a restaurant manager and thinking I was happy doing that and all of that kind of stuff. And then so so when I quit and, you know, go on my journey to find other things, end up in Iraq, end up, you know, all of this stuff. You know, that's not something that looks pretty. It's not it doesn't look like you have it all figured out. And that's what people really need to understand. Um, most people that you look at and think, oh, they have all their shit together. They have all their ducks in a row. They don't. And that's the game, because, see, the thing the thing is, we live in a real like Instagram culture where, you know, people only really paint the pictures they want you to see. Not too many people are going to really just open up and tell you or show you the real what's going on, you know, in their lives, in their minds. Um, so whatever it is you're comparing yourself to on Instagram, you got to realize you're not comparing yourself to reality nine point nine times out of ten. Um and, uh, you know, actually, I would just venture to say 10 times out of 10, because nobody's going to put every single thing on Instagram, especially the negative sides of things, the insecurities, the, you know, not feeling safe, the just depression, anxiety, like all of that stuff, even though those things are becoming trendy for people to kind of talk about and, you know, it is what it is. So don't worry so much about the outward image. Worry about the actual work being done. Worry about actually getting better, actually accomplishing whatever it is you want to accomplish versus how it looks to other people. Because I feel like that's where we go wrong with our lives. Like, I mean, look at high school. Right. High school is this this place full of these pressures. Like there's pressures from all directions, pressures from your teachers to pass the classes, like pressure from your parents to do well in you know school or whatever and go to college and, you know, be better than them or whatever. And, uh, you know, college uh, pressure from your peers as far as, you know, the little cliques of groups, the jocks, the preps or, you know, all of that stuff, man. And these are all kids that are trying to figure themselves out, too. And on top of that, you you tell them. When they graduate, they need to figure out or they need to know what it is they plan to do with the rest of their lives and, you know, sign up for a couple hundred thousand dollars in loans to, you know, fund that. It's it's crazy how it works. Like, how many people did you go to school with that said they wanted to be anesthesiologists, right? Like, most of them couldn't even really pronounce that. Like, none of them could spell it, really. But it sounded great. And everybody knows they make a lot of money. So people feel like, OK, well, my life will be great if I'm this. Now, how many of those people actually, you know, it would be interesting to figure out how many people actually stuck with that or how many people found something they, you know, actually enjoyed and 
wanted to wanted to do more so than make money, you know. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of happy anesthesiologists in their, you know, their uh, foreign. Uh, I was going to say supercars or something, <clears throat> you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all of the fancy stuff. But. I wonder how many of those guys really just, you know, how many of those people really just wanted to be veterinarians and, you know, play with animals, not play with animals, because I'm not saying veterinarians only play with animals, but just help animals all day, like be around animals, because that's not really something that you consider a massive money making job. But you could see how that would be more fulfilling to an animal lover than putting people to sleep for a living. Um, but I think what it all really boils down to is getting to know the new you and what i mean by that is like the you after the trauma right so whatever it is you went through you got to understand that you're no longer the same person and you kind of have to well no you definitely have to really get to know this new person because i think what happens a lot of times is uh we are these new people. We do have these different thoughts. We do feel differently. We look at the world completely differently, but we try to force ourselves to be as close to the old us as possible for the benefit of others. And really, I mean, sometimes for the benefit of ourselves, because we don't want to think about these things or we don't want to process these things or feel the feelings that we know are attached to these things. So we push it back or ignore, try to ignore it, bottle it up until it comes spiraling out in some way we didn't intend to. Um, but you have to acknowledge that you have to acknowledge that trauma and acknowledge that you're a new person and figure out who that is. And, you know, even if you don't like that person, there's always self-actualization in realizing your highest self. And that's what, you know, higher learning is all about. Right. So. Um, the deeper you go, the better, guys, that's why um, I'm a real big proponent of cannabis. Uh, self-medication because it helps you take down those walls that we build up in our brain to, you know, block certain thoughts off. You know, we like to compartmentalize things a lot, um, especially uh, in, a, in a sense of like trauma. We like to put that off to a side so to the side so we can go on with everyday life and blend into society. And that's really doing more harm than it is helping us. So, like I said, guys, we just got to acknowledge that and and try to work through it as best as we can and just live with it really because you're never going to get over it it's never going to go away and you're never just going to go back to being the same person so you you have to address that acknowledge it and, and have that in the forefront of you know who you are you have to own that and and turn it into something positive I guess I guess that's what I'm doing but uh that's how I would describe it maybe that wasn't the best explanation but I tried <laughs> I tried um so Adding on to that kind of uh, the most important thing, I, everything's the most important thing, guys. Honestly, I keep saying the most important thing or first thing, but all of these things are very important, you know, but be your, be real with yourself, though. Um, and that's a big one for the simple fact that uh, I was lying to myself about how I felt about a lot of things for a lot of uh, for a lot of years. And uh, one thing that I never uh, I'm not going to say never, but I hardly ever talked about. I can only remember talking about it once with like uh, my mom, maybe. Um, but I was really angry at my dad for, you know, not being some superhuman 
or being invincible or something like I might have thought he was as a child. And uh, I was angry for things that were probably out of his control and just, you know, not really feeling sorry for myself. But I, you know, I knew that wasn't the right thing. I knew that was like wrong, more or less, not necessarily wrong to feel it because it was natural, but just that wasn't fair to feel that way. So I kind of suppressed that for a long time. Um, among other things, but that's the number one thing I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and like I said, self-medicating really just helped me take down those walls to the point where I couldn't push those thoughts back. I had to deal with them. I had to face them and accept that and kind of, you know, give the, those thoughts time to breathe and, and time to mature and, uh, you know, just kind of letting it go because I mean, it, it you know that's pr a pretty childish thought but at the same time I was a child so um you have to acknowledge those things before you can really move forward because other than that you're not really moving forward so going back to the restaurant for a quick second um I felt like a lot of the reason why my colleagues were very unhappy with their situation is simply because they had built this entire life on a foundation they weren't happy with so that's basically what we're discussing right now as far as taking control of your life is really just stripping everything down to the foundation and getting that right and then rebuilding everything on top of that. Um, so what does that look like? I guess you could say some of us. For example, like for me, when I left, let me just use myself as, as an example, because that's the easiest thing to do. When I left the restaurant, it was easy for me to do because, you know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, anything like that. So what I had built on top of that foundation was relatively small compared to my colleagues who are married with families and they're locked into this thing. Like unless there's another opportunity that they can start today, there's no way they can, you know, get away from their current situation. And so that's where a lot of that anger was coming from. And a lot of you guys can probably relate to that situation. You know, you may be, you may have an entire family depending on the job that you hate. So you really don't have an option to, you know, just leave and find your second wind in life. But, um, the reality is we're in a different era as far as what's, uh, you know, just what's possible from home or from your from anywhere really with your phone and so i think that that gives people a lot more hope than they might have once had as far as a career change because uh there was a time where a career change would have required you to stop everything and go back to school and get a degree and now we're looking at times where you really don't need a degree in the first place to be successful um especially with all the you know online opportunities you know they're pretty much endless um, and another reason I think people are really unhappy in life, and I touched on this before with the Instagram culture, but, um, you know, they've built this house on that foundation that's meant to look good on the outside, but they haven't really paid much attention to the interior. You know, how, how many people do you know who are struggling? Like they have, they make good money, but they're struggling because they're doing the absolute most they can to impress people who don't even really like them. Uh, so, for example, the the single person who has the 10 bedroom home with three cars uh, 
and can barely, you know, is barely making it. And obviously that's an exaggeration, but I'm just saying we all know the people who live above their means. You know that old saying, live below your means or or <clears throat> live above your means, live under a bridge or something like that. It goes something like that. Basically, if you, you know, live over your means, you'll <laughs> end up with nothing. And uh, we see a lot of that, sadly. Um, and, and, and I just have to feel like that's for other people it's for the show um instead of the people like if you look at a bill gates um how many pictures have you seen of him in public he's not dressing to impress anybody he is who he is already so that's what it is guys don't do so much to impress other people just do things to make you happy and get you to where you want to go in life um and that really goes back to what kobe bryant was saying about breaking everything down into the smallest detail possible um because that would be my next tip is really don't for one don't be controlled by the status quo that's basically what we you know what I was just talking about but also on top of that you really have to figure out where it is you want to go like what is it you want to do where is it you want to be like that's what took me the most time I guess you could say um because once you figure it out it's easier or it's easier once you figure that out, then you you have the ability to make that map we're talking about, the Mamba map, let's call it, you know, breaking everything down into the smallest details. Like I gave the, the analogy of the podcast earlier, same thing, but you have to know where you want to go before you can build that roadmap. So that's really the most important thing. And then just start executing those steps uh, one by one until they're all finished. I mean, that makes everything seem so much more doable. And it really is. So I already said, I already spoke about being, you know, how important it is to just be real with yourself about how you feel about things and really give your thoughts time to mature. And so once you get to a certain level with that, um, I think that's when you should go ahead and really share that with people you love or care about or anybody really just put yourself out there, put it out there and let people know who you are. And, um, you know, you could be surprised with the reaction you may get like people, a lot of people will surprise you, you know, you'll open up and tell them about yourselves. And that really might be the missing link in y'all's relationship. That really might be what makes everything click as far as them understanding you more as a person, the real you. Um, and it's really, that's really, it's really nothing better than just being yourself and having your friendships, relationships with, you know, friends and family, all of that stuff just working out perfectly. I mean, it's never going to work out perfectly, but the bottom line is the only real rela relationships are the ones where you can be yourselves, regardless of who they're with or whatever. All right, guys. So after all of that, this is the main focus of the day. Now, I already told you, like I already told you, if you don't take anything else from this episode, I know. But if you're still listening at this point, you've made it to the I guess you could if you want to call it a slogan, you can. But we've all heard this before. Control what you can control. It's simple, but it's 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 true. Um, And so why do I say that? I mean, there's so many things people try to control. Uh, people try to control other people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people. <laughs> try to control the weather nowadays like it's crazy but once you control what you can control to the best of your ability 
you'll find life being a lot more or a lot less stressful. I was going to say a lot more stress free. Same thing. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that you could control to potentially make your life better. So, number one, I kind of already touched on this, you know, obviously you can't change other people. You can't control others. You can only control yourself. Now, I'm not saying you should change yourself to fit with other people. Um, unless that's something that's necessary on your path, like if you're hanging out, like if you meet some mentors, a group of mentors and they're where you want to be in life and you need to change a lot of things about yourself because you want to be like they are where you want to be. And so you're learning the things you need to do and change within yourself to get to where you want to be. Then obviously you need to do that. But um, there's also people that would have you change yourself in a negative way. And that brings me to the point of controlling your energy and availability. So this is a huge one because we only have 24 hours in a day, right? Uh, you look at eight hours a day for work generally, um, depending on, you know, what city you live in and how far away you live from where you work. You're looking at a commute of, you know, whatever your commute is. But let's just give it about an hour. You know, that's already nine hours gone. Uh, you know, when I was working, the big thing was, um, number one, I was always the closing manager because I was young or whatever. And they were like, OK, well, you don't have a family. <laughs> so like, screw you, I guess. But um, everybody, if you've ever worked in the restaurant industry, generally there's a bar everybody goes to at the end of the shift. So. A lot of people spent a lot of money every night. At said bar. And, you know, that caused people to be further away from their goals, where they want to be. Now, I wasn't one of those people because I was the guy that would rather just come home and smoke a joint and watch anime by myself instead of spending, you know, another couple hours with the crew. I just got done working a 10 hour shift with. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> but like I said, controlling what you can control. Um there's certain situations, certain people, certain things you're going to have to cut out or limit in order to get to where you want to go. And that's just the reality of the situation. Um, people can take it however they want to take it. But at the end of the day, if they're not moving, helping you move towards where you're trying to go, what are they doing? Um, and so you just got to control that. There's certain people in your life that can turn your whole mood upside down or, you know, call your phone and you know, just weigh you down with unnecessary stuff, you know, control that. Don't allow them to do that. You know, the you know, there's not a lot of things we can control, but the things we can, we need to. Um, and I think the most important thing you can control is probably your perspective, just how you're looking at things in life. Um, for example, you know, how many people do you know that are late to work and blame traffic? Meaning that, you know, you left you left the crib at eight forty five, knowing you work 30 minutes away and you got to be there by nine. But your excuse to why you're late is traffic. And some of these people really believe that, um, you know, instead of giving themselves an hour to get to work, they gave themselves 15 minutes on a 30 trip and 30 minute trip and they're blaming traffic. 
So it's just simple perspective things, man, how you're looking at each each situation you're in and, uh, you know, how you approach problems, how you you know, are you going to blame somebody? Or are you going to get a solution? Uh, you know, it is what it is. And really, I find that your perspective is what really makes or breaks you in a lot of situations. Um, and then the other thing you can control is I mean, you. Another thing is what I meant to say. Another thing you can control is what people know and what people have access to. Uh, you got to understand that everybody doesn't need to know everything. You got to understand that not everybody wants you to do well. Not everybody wants you to be doing better than them. So. And I'm really big on energy, so you can take this with a grain of salt if you're not really into energy like I am. But, um, you know, from my first story about the energy and gut feelings, like I, I don't go against that ever since that day. So. um people will like put negative energy on your ideas, on your hopes, on your aspirations. So I find it better not to share them with people unless, you know, you really just want to, but I'm more of the type of person now, like for example, with my podcast, like I told a few people when I was thinking about the ideas and putting it all together and everything. And, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Not saying any of them didn't want me to do well, but I, di I would never tell somebody I didn't think wanted me to do well anything. Um, but for the majority of people on my Facebook list, friends and family, they had no idea I was starting a podcast. I just dropped it, you know, hit them with a link and then they have the option to support it or not. But I'm already the ball's already moving. I'm not talking about what I'm going to do. I'm just showing you what I've done. And so I think a lot of people, if a lot of people would benefit from just moving like that because they wouldn't have all this negative energy clouding whatever it is they're trying to do and really not even knowing that that's what's going on. Um, and uh, <laughs> another thing I wanted to say uh, is don't like basically just. And this is just another part of controlling your perspective is but don't get discouraged about things. Um, just start looking at things differently. So, for example, um, we all know people or maybe we're, you know, the people that have had a New Year's resolution for the past five years to start working out more or start working out, period, lose weight, whatever it is. We all know those people and a lot of us are those people. And if that's you, you know what? That's OK. There's nothing in the rule book that says because that's you. That you this can't actually be the year you actually follow through with your your goals and aspirations. But at the same time, you kind of have to understand where the other people are coming from, because you've already shared this idea with them so many times and they haven't seen anything from it. So you can't really expect them to just full on support you uh, like that. So basically what I'm saying is don't take that the wrong way. If you even decide to share it, my, my whole point is just go out, go to the gym, work out, like do things that like control what you can control. You can control what you eat. You can control how much work you're putting in in the gym, you know what you're doing to, to hit this goal. And as long as you continue to do that, the results will, will be there and everybody will see it like you'll be able to take those selfies, the side by sides, the before and afters, all of that good stuff. And you'll be good, man. And uh, really, the last thing I want to say on this particular subject is just everything and everyone isn't for you. And that's OK. That's something people got to understand. Um, some of you, there's a lot of you that might be out there forcing relationships right now, whether it was with friends or significant others. Family is a huge one. Family is probably the biggest one that people try to force because, you know, you feel like you have to deal with your family. Um, I'm really not one of those people. 
uh, I don't feel like I have to deal with anybody uh, except my mom. <laughs> like I've, that's like probably the one person I would always deal with no matter what. Uh, or if I have kids, obviously, there's nothing like my kids could do to make me not deal with them or whatever. But other than that, it's just like, don't feel obligated to deal with people that aren't treating you how you feel like you need to be treated. Um, you know, you have to demand a certain you have to basically train people how to treat you. If you let somebody do you a certain type of way constantly, you can't just expect them to, to you know, not do that at a certain point. Um you know, you just remove yourself from that situation. And if later on down the line, they do get another chance to be back in your life, they're more than likely, if they intend on keeping you there, you know, they're less likely to commit those same things. And if they do, then just remove them permanently. It is what it is. Uh, it's cool to take breaks from people. It's cool to take breaks from family members. It's cool to take breaks from organizations groups friends whatever just you know you, you have to take some you time and get you on the right track before you try to make everybody else happy because like i said we really don't know how much time we have left you know on this earth we we don't know at all but yeah guys to sum everything all the way up control what you can control and just really get to know yourself on a deeper level take some you time you know if you got a call in the work on a mental health tip just do it like don't even feel bad about it just do it and don't feel bad about you know canceling or not going to baby showers or you know friends events whatever it is like you don't have to be everything to everybody all the time like sometimes you need to just focus on you and do what you want to do and uh remember when you have a plan, when you figure out where it is you want to go, make that plan and, and form it in the smallest details possible so you can just complete those one by one and and knock those out. So that's how I'm approaching my life, guys. These are just some tips, um, some things that I'm taking in because I'm hoping we can grow as a community together. You know, we all came together because we have, a, you know, common thread um, as far as not in and not even necessarily there's some people that list that are listening to this right now you know maybe you didn't you know maybe we didn't have like a similar experience or whatever but you can relate to feeling like you know you're at a place whether it's with your job or like i said relationship or um just anything where you feel stuck and you just want to move on and just move to a certain a new place but you just you know you feeling bogged down and trapped you know, we can all relate to that. So um, really, guys, I think these steps are a good starting point, really. And um, once again, I think just with the events happening today, the way they did uh, with Kobe and everybody on that helicopter, I think that really just puts an exclamation point on the fact that we really don't have the time to worry about what others are thinking about us or the decisions we make and we really just have to go for what we want in life um especially right now because things are wide open as far as the possibilities man so uh anyway if you made it to this point i really appreciate you watching all the way through or listening all the way through uh some of you've been hitting me up about how to support the podcast um I, I have a few things in the works. Um, hopefully by next episode, I'll be able to give you more details on that. But I do have a Patreon set up as well as a cash app. I'll uh, link those in the description for the people that insist on uh, definitely going the extra mile for supporting the platform. I highly appreciate that. But also just appreciate the normal support of you just listening or watching. Um, I, I definitely appreciate appreciate that more than you can even imagine. 
Um, but if you want to take it a step further, uh, sharing, you know, sharing the podcast on the platform would be great. Um, some of some of these pod like pod chaser, I believe, has rating systems. Uh, you know, you can do all that stuff. All right. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you tuning in to higher learning episode two. Can't wait to see you next Tuesday for episode three. Smoke out. <laughs>